Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to What's the Word, uh, the show that's about spying out what motivates people to succeed in their respective career fields. My name is Cheval John, and a very good afternoon to everyone. And I am very excited and honored to have uh, Chelsea Cross. Uh, she is host of the Chelsea Cross Show here on Blog Talk Radio, with, and she is a millennial expert. She has accomplished so much uh, in her in her young life, and especially you know being an author, you know making appearances, things like that. You know it's it's really it's inspiring. So I'm very honored to have Chelsea on Chelsea Cross on the show. So Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's uh, talk, first talk about this. Uh, you you actually uh, started. You know, being you know, radio at at a young age of sixteen. Can you tell us about how how that came about? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, it, it's so interesting looking back on uh, my sixteen year old self because I'm not really sure where I got the confidence or the courage or even the creative to to start the journey that then became my career. Um, but but I, what I do know is that I literally fell into communications, and that's the, the simple truth. It was, there was a Category 5 hurricane in South Florida. I lived in Delray Beach at the time, and we had no electric for two weeks, and that was kind of driving me crazy because I call myself a creative ADD person. So no electric, no power, no school, no friends. I was just going out of my mind. So I then turned that boredom into a creative project, and I created a documentary of the hurricane. And we had so much horrible damage that, in hindsight, it really made for a great documentary because there was so much, um, you know, visual stimulation within the documentary. Um, And that documentary then gave me the first, uh, you know, indicator of, hey, I love the idea of directing, producing, hosting, um, and being this visual um, person about taking a message or an idea or a story and conveying it through the medium of film. And so I went in, when I went into high school, they had television production, and I signed up right away. And that was really the, the beginning of learning more about this industry. Um, and, you know, during this time, six, I was 16, this is 18, eight years ago, um, there was no pod. There were no podcasts. There was was no Facebook really. I mean, it was for college students. There were no YouTube sensations, let alone YouTube. So there was, you know, I had one route, and that was to go for w- local AM radio. So I created a radio talk show um, concept and treatment, you know, for the show, and pitch it to a local AM radio station. And I was lucky enough for them to give me an opportunity, and that's how it all really fell into place. That's really amazing there, and of course, you know you you know you're one of the actually the youngest ever at that time, you know, to host a radio show, which is really great. Now, now, did you have any fears of doing a radio show while in high school? I had zero, zero, zero experience of radio in high school. I had experience in um, learning television production, so like working on creating commercials, creating PSAs, creating. Um, small documentaries, short films, uh, and not really being a radio talk show host, let alone, you know, hosting live radio for 60 minutes. Um, so 
it, I totally beat to my own drum, followed my own intuition, and thought about what it is, you know, as a listener, what I would want to hear from another millennial's perspective, and I crowdsourced the hell out of my friends and my school. <laughs> Guys, what do you That's want it. to talk about? What do you want to learn? What do you want to do within, um, you know, within a platform like a radio talk show? And that's how all of the concepts really came together. Awesome. That is, that is really great there. And, you, you know, you, you had the initiative and you just went out and did it. And, but, of course, you know, did, you know of course, you know, the, the perception that, you know, some people should not do something in the young or whatever, you know, did you face any adversity while while pursuing your dreams in in being a radio show host? Did I? Y- yes, one hundred million percent. When I um, when I start when I thought of the concept, the crea- you know, the idea of hosting the first show, which my first show is called Teen Talk Live, I was petrified. I was so scared. I was 16 years old, which is, you know, your prime years of really trying to find yourself, your awkward hormones, and I was. Um, <laughs> I was severely bullied. I, you know, was in. I ran with a group of mean girls, and I, I, I didn't follow the mean girls, uh, like the queen bees of the group. So I used to get ridiculed for not doing as they say, and uh, you know, because I, I knew what they were doing was wrong. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I, I, as soon as I, you know, started to share the concept of Teen Talk Live, I was a prime target for the queen bees to make fun of and try to, wow. uh, you know, tear down my self confidence and bring down my self-worth and you know what they tried they definitely tried um however i i had the courage and i had the strength and i think it's because i also had other very supportive friends and an extremely supportive family where which i was so privileged to have that you know overshadowed or overcame the amount of bullying that i was receiving so that then empowered me to just continue moving forward and really not let, you know, a bully bring you down. You know what I mean? So I totally was petrified and dealt with a lot of negative uh, criticism. I even, you know, it was so interesting, Cheval, is that not only from my peers was I experiencing criticism, but I was also experiencing criticism from generations older, like like my mom's. Um, and it, it was so interesting to hear such positive and such negative reaction to this platform because a lot of people at 16 years old, I was like, you know what? I don't care how old we are. I think we need to talk about STDs and teen pregnancy. I think we need to talk about, um, you know, sexual education. I think we need to talk about the anatomy of the body. I think we need to talk about things that are, you know, a little bit harder to talk about, but because you know, in, instead of 16-year-olds turning to their parents to ask them, you know, these questions and get the real answer, we were turning to Google. And Google doesn't always have the right information. So why not talk about it on a platform amongst your peers with an expert? So a lot of moms were uncomfortable. Like, how is she talking about sexual transmitted diseases and she's 16 years old? It's like, well, would you rather your child not know the dangers of having unprotected sex? You know, so it was it was a very interesting time in my life, and I think when I look back on it, some of the negative criticism or the negative feedback just made me stronger, but also made me want to perform better. That is that's great, and that's that's really inspiring there because, you know, it's you know you didn't allow the negativity to stop you, and I think that's what uh, 
that's what so many uh, might, uh, you know, that's what happens whenever you have you have a goal and you want to achieve greatness, you know, and change the world for the better. You're always going to have that negative stereotypes, and I think that's that's the problem. I think that's what uh, that's the reason why so many is not fulfilling their dreams is because they allow the negative negativity to stop them from pursuing it. Totally, 100%. And it's so unfortunate because, you know, cyberbullying is such an epidemic right now and 120,000 students on a given day stay home from school because of the fear, just the fear of being bullied. Uh, You know, one out of two millennials are being bullied at school. So there's so much... There's so much negativity and and there's so much competition in the world today. So, you know, we all, you know, I try to empower people within my, you know, on my platform, similar to, you know, of course what you're doing, because instead of bringing each other down, we need to bring each other up because that's just going to create such a more positive ripple effect, you know. And, you know, I I live by the motto, you know, create a smile on on one person's face every day because that then has such a lasting impression on that person but also could create more ripple effects. So, you know, that's how I choose to look at bullying, overcoming it, you know, instead of letting it bring me down. That is really great there. And I hope that, uh, you know, many people will just go out and just, do what they need to do to succeed and not allow anyone bullying, any bullies to stop, you know, to stop them from achieving their goals. Now, of course, uh, you know, of course, now that social media is really, really big, big now, and it's changing the way how we communicate. Why do you think that so many uh, people, especially college students, who is just about to start uh, college should be on social media to get themselves out there? Uh, you know, so social media is such a, a incredible tool, incredible resource, incredible way to extend your footprint into the world, and it also has a, a mean side. You know, when I when I was 18, Twitter started to become popular, and I had just graduated high school. I was a freshman in college, so I was still pretty raw to. Um, to the wounds that the mean girls had created for me. And when Twitter came out, I mean, no one, no one knew what Twitter would blow up into. You know, I mean, Twitter is now such a asset in all facets of life. I mean, look at, you know, look at how the, the world is connecting through Twitter, talking about the World Cup. So when Twitter mm-hmm. came out, you know, who knew that it would blow up into something like it did? And I said, oh, you know, I don't need to create a Twitter account. It's just one other avenue that, to be bold. Because I was bullied through AIM, remember AIM, I was bullied through, um, you know, I was bullied through Facebook, I was bullied through MySpace, and I was even just bullied through being, you know, from peer to peer. So I was like, I just don't need one more platform like Twitter. Nowadays, I could shoot myself in the foot because, one, that was letting the mean girls win. And, two, you know, that just, you know, who knows how many more people within that time period that I could have connected with. But, you know, you can't. Live in the past. You got to live in the present and look for the future. Um, but I definitely think that although social media could be used, you know, painfully or hurtful in a hurtful way, there are so many more positives, and we all have the opportunity to use social media the way we want to. So for college students. 
you know, social media is a time to connect with their friends and showcase their the fun things that they're doing. And, you know, especially for sorority girls, I mean, they love posting pictures. But it's not a time to start creating, um, you know, a, a negative image for yourself. And I think that that's what, mm-hmm. what girls don't realize when they're young is that every picture that they post is – creating a, their footprint within the digital space. And when you, whatever you post, you know, that's out there for the world to see. You know, posting mm-hmm. pictures of yourself wasted, you know, falling on the floor, that's not a good look for when you're graduating college and you want to enter the workplace. So it's, it's recognizing at a young age when sometimes our maturity level is not fully there that what we are who we are with the way that we present ourselves on social media. You know, a lot of the way that people judge others is their presence on social media, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Not everyone gets to meet people in person and get to establish a, 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 an opinion for that person in person. So you have to take social media extremely seriously. Um, and for those people who are, you know, interested in graphic design or interested in communications or interested in fashion, there are so many great ways to connect within those fields via social media and start taking advantage of it, you know, as young as possible because you never know who you can meet, connect with, um, you know, establish a relationship that could then land you that great internship or that first job. Oh, yeah, and I definitely agree with that totally because, you know, because of the fact that, you know, there's, you know, you can, there could be a potential employer who could look at your profile and, you know, if you're, if you send in a resume and then if they see like a negative uh, image of you, that's going to be like a red flag for them, you know, to say, hey, I don't want to hire this person. And I think that's, that goes for really any, uh, any uh, thing that you do, especially. Now, now what is really interesting is the fact that, you know, staying on social media is that not so many college students are on LinkedIn. It's really mind-boggling that, you know, especially with now, I guess the economy is getting better to a degree, but, you know, not so, not so many of them are taking advantage of LinkedIn. Why do you think that that's the case, and why do you think they should be on LinkedIn? You know, I think that the answer is actually quite simple. I think that college students are slightly intimidated by LinkedIn because think about all the questions that they ask you on LinkedIn. What's your career experience? What's your area of expertise? And it's really it's really starting to build this person's uh, profile or this person's digital resume for everyone to see. So for those college students who may not feel super accomplished yet, it's like, oh, do I even need a LinkedIn because I haven't done that much? However, the answer is yes, because your one internship is better than nothing. And that LinkedIn profile is not only to showcase your experience and your skills, but it's also to connect and to connect with other people. And learning the power of networking and learning how to network at a young age was something that my parents instilled in both my brother and I, and I'm so appreciative of of learning that skill because I do think it is somewhat of a skill. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be comfortable with putting yourself out there. You have to be comfortable with – uh, kind of pitching yourself. You have to be very um, savvy in the way that you approach people so you don't t- turn people off. 
Um, and you have to be thorough. You have to follow up with people that you establish relationships with. And you could do that via LinkedIn with people across the country, let alone across the world. You know, networking used to be when you meet a person, you handed them your business card. Now, networking today is sending someone a tweet to try to establish a relationship with them to then try to get their email. You know, so it's such a, it's such a more connected world today. Um, and there are other avenues to explore networking opportunities. And I think LinkedIn is a great networking opportunity, um, not only to, you know, build your Rolodex of connections within the industry, but also to join different groups because you could join different groups of areas that, you know, that interest you. For example, I belong to a radio talk show host uh, group. I belong to a publicist group. I belong to a marketing group. All, all, all groups that pertain to my field, I like to, you know, be involved and also form more connections. You know, a lot of, a lot of people say you, you know, you, the first job you land is 80% of because of, uh, 80% of, 80% because of the people that you know there. You know, think about how many people land their first job because their uncle knows someone or their uncle is the person or, you know, so it's building those relationships. And that's what college students can totally take advantage of on LinkedIn, in college, and continue to build their resume as they get more experience. That's really, that's really great there. And, you know, you, you touched on networking a lot. You know, like how you said, 80% of the first job they get is by by uh, the people that you know. And it's like how how do you think, uh, you know, college students or anyone who is going to a networking event should should uh, should approach it? You know, because I think because I think the misconception is that, you know, they, that uh, the, the goal is to get as many business cards as, as possible out to as many people instead of trying to strategize to try to meet that one person who can help them. You know what? When I go into a networking opportunity, I don't necessarily have a strategy. What I do have is an open mind because when you go into a networking opportunity, you know, it's different. It could be a networking opportunity where there's just a lot of career professionals, and then you could go into a networking opportunity where it's totally tailored to your field. Um, So either way, uh, my strategy is this. I'm always well-equipped on uh, knowing what it is that I'm doing at the moment or what it is that I would like to, you know, add to my life at the moment so that when I go put myself into a networking opportunity, uh, I could fast, you know, and quickly think about, oh, this person could help me here or I could help this person here to then create that longer-lasting relationship in the future. So I think the strategy for networking at period should be know yourself, always have an elevator pitch for yourself. You know, I don't even, I don't care if you're an intern at Fox Sports or you are the CEO of of Fox Sports. You know, you should always have this 30-second, 20-second elevator pitch on who you are, what you do, and what your interests are. Because that way, that person knows, knows it in 20 seconds, 30 seconds. So as soon as they hear that elevator pitch, they'll start to think, okay, how could this person be of benefit to me? That's what networking is. I could do this for you. You could do this for me. So the fact that I, you know, have carved out my elevator pitch, I know what it is that I could provide to a marketer versus a publicist versus a brand, uh, I then strategize that conversation pertaining to the person. So you have to be creative and you have to be, um, you know, verbally 
ready to get to 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 speak to different varieties of people. You know, you can't put people in a in a box and say, "Okay, I could say this exact thing to every person." Learn who the person is, ask questions. You know, such a great part of networking is being able to learn more about a person. Ask people questions right away. This way you could figure out what it is that they do or want to do, and this way you know how to then, uh, you know, align yourself to that person to make that that connection work. Um, And then, of course, I know that business cards are a little bit outdated. However, I still think that they are so powerful because, you know, when you hand your business card to someone, you can ask for one back. And this way, you have that person's contact information and you could follow up on your own time. Awesome. Now, of course, uh, I'm coming to you uh, from uh, the James and Nancy Gatner Performing Arts Center here in Huntsville, Texas. And my guest, Chelsea Cross, is from, is coming to you from L.A., which I, really, which I really love the fact, you know, how social media and network and, uh, you know, and blog talk radio can allow us to do this, do this show, which I really, I really got to give a little shout-out to you because of the fact of, you know, it was because of you that I had this show. And I and it's really amazing. And of course, gotta give a little shout out to Neil O'Donnell, who's following, who's listening to this show, who's tweeting away like crazy. So thank you, Neil. <laughs> Neil's the best. <laughs> yeah. So now, now of course, you wrote a book uh, called Nineteen. Uh, you know how how did that came about, and and what made you decide to you know go about becoming an author. Uh, you know, well, first of all, I'm so humbled and honored that I'm one of the influences for you to start a radio show. That is like the coolest thing to hear, and I, I can't believe that I had the, that influence on you. So just to let, that makes me feel incredible. Thank you for for sharing that first and foremost. Um, and regarding 19, I, seriously, I swear, if you had said to me, you know, back in the day, you're going to be a book author, I would have laughed because I don't, I, that was just never something that I saw myself doing, let alone having the patience to do. Um, and I didn't think I had lived enough yet. You know, I feel like, a, you know, what you put into a book is um, so much of who you are and not until I got approached by by a publishing company saying, hey, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? I, it, it didn't even cross my mind. And when I ha- when I sat down with the publishing company for the first time, I said, you know, what is it? What? How could I possibly write a book? And they said, we, you know, your book is about you. It's about your experience. It's about what you've overcome, and it's what what your experience could do for other people. And when they when they said that to me. I started to look at the book differently. I didn't look at it as um, as a, you know, I kind of looked at writing a book like a long research paper in class, scary, overwhelming, and a lot of work. And and when they had put it in the in the reference of this is your experience, no one's giving you a prompt. You know, you know, there's no right way or wrong way to write this book because it's literally yours. I then said to myself, oh, okay you know, maybe I could take a whack at this because I'm not the type of person that, like, shies away from an opportunity. So what I did was I took my computer to Central Park and I took uh, a lot of water and a lot of snacks because I said I'm going to sit here until something comes out. And I ended up writing my entire first chapter 
in Central Park that day. And oh, after wow. I wrote the first chapter, it was kind of like um, it was kind of like my fingers just couldn't stop typing. And that's how the entire book happened for me. And you know, I, I'm lucky because I that book was truly my experience and truly getting to. Um, share my positives, you know, and highs in my life and my lows in my life and what I learned from both of those experiences because I always said to myself when I was going through, you know, my prime time of being bullied, I wish I had someone to turn to other than my family because your family is, you know, your family, they're always there for you, but it would have felt so good to have another young girl there, who, who I felt was there for me or I could relate to because they're, 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 that didn't exist eight years ago. Now you have Demi Lovato, who's very verbal about uh, her bullying, and you have all these other great celebrities, and you have a lot of other incredible influencers online creating anti-bullying campaigns. So my book was was a way to share my story and, and any pieces of advice that I could give to another young woman. And so looking at it that way, I, I felt so excited and inspired to finish the book. Um, and then, you know, and that was how I looked at every single chapter. Awesome. That's really, that's really inspiring there. And now, uh, now, of course, I gotta ask. Uh, you know, you've, you know, you're, you're a free, you're freelancer. You do, you do consulting work. Uh, why, you know, how difficult is it to be a freelance, to be a freelance, especially now, you know, for, you know, that's the option for many, you know. And I gotta point out to the article that uh, Hannah Becker wrote in your on your blog about uh, about freelancing. Yeah, I I love that blog. I'm so excited that she wrote it. I, I mean, shout out to all my incredible contributors on on ChelseaCross.com. But you know what? Freelancing is difficult, and freelancing is on the rise because millennials, you know, bluntly, they want to create their own success, and we want to hmm. kind of do it our way. And some uh-huh. people can rock it out, and some people need a little bit more guidance. And, you know, freelancing takes a lot, a lot, a lot of organization, diligence, persistence, creativity. Um, You know, freelancing, I was freelancing for at least two years before I got compensated at all. So I paid my dues. I worked my butt off in order to show my value and show my creative and prove that I was worthy for someone to actually compensate me for my time. And as I continued to build my portfolio and also build my um, value, I guess, uh, that's when I started to get compensated. And I feel like the one thing that freelancers, um, you know, need to recognize is that success isn't going to come overnight uh, because mm-hmm. literally you have to create a great dynamic portfolio for people to trust that you're the right freelancer for them to hire. And freelancing is so hard because you have to create your own schedule. And if you're not organized and if you're not diligent and if you're not motivated on your own time, not your boss asking you to clock in and clock out, then you know freelancing might not be the, oper- the, the way for you, but if you're diligent and you're a hustler and you're motivated to create your own money and create your own path, 
then that then freelancing will totally work. I mean, I'm not the type of person that's ever needed someone to tell me that you need to do some uh, you need to do this. I'm a I, I like to feel, I told you I'm I'm a productive ADD person. So when I don't have a lot to do, I actually feel more anxiety. Um, so you know, freelancing is ha- is hard but doable being that we have so many resources to tap into today, especially social media, to make those connections um, that you don't have to meet that person face-to-face and build that connection. Mm -hmm. You could put your work out there through social media. You can make those connections out there through social media, which is definitely one of the reasons why freelancing is definitely more of an option today. Um, But Uh it's hard work. I'm not going to lie. You know, you've got to be on your own um, you got to be your own boss. You got to be your own secretary. You got to be your own creative. You know, it is it is all on you. All right, now, I definitely agree with you a hundred percent with that. There, I mean, you know, it it is hard work, and I guess you can say it it, it takes a special person to do that. And and I know that uh, it's you know it really is one of the options for anyone out there, especially. Yes, I mean, it, I think that there's the, the the trend of freelancing amongst millennials is very, it totally makes sense to me, being that millennials are a generation unlike any other, and, you know, there's a 16% unemployment rate, so if you can't get a job, create one, and the fact that we could do that today is so cool, but, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the work and the diligence and the organization um, that, that makes a, a successful freelancer versus, you know, a freelancer who's who's not getting the bang for their buck. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, this is going to be a three-parter. Uh, how how important is podcasting, you know, with the rise of, you know, with, especially with Google or uh, CarPlay coming out? And second of all, uh, if you had an opportunity to spend one a day with someone you admired, past or present, outside your family members, who would that be? And then the last one, where can we find out more about uh, about your work? Uh, okay. How important is podcasting? I, I think yes. podcasting is important for the right person. Uh, you know, it really depends on what it is that you want to share or spread awareness on or do within your podcast. You know, I, I'm a very big believer on doing things with a purpose uh, and doing things for a greater picture. Um, so a podcast may not be right for every person. Um, but if your if your message is uh, you know the right thing the right thing for a podcast, um, then then absolutely do it if you have the means and the time. I think it's a great way to connect, a great way to network, and a great way to um, circulate your brand or your organization or your company um, within within that platform. Um, and, and and also the, the fact that we have the resources to create podcasts like on an internet radio like Blog Talk Radio that is so you know great and 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 doable. Um, what was the second question? <laughs> like if sorry, if you had an opportunity to spend a day with someone you admired, past or present, outside your family members, who would that be? Okay, um, I mean, hands down, Oprah Winfrey. She is my everything. I absolutely adore that woman. She she's a huge creative inspiration and individual inspiration um, for my entire career. Absolutely. Awesome. And, and where for can more we find information, out? And for more information Sorry, on my platform, everything, ChelseaCross.com, everything you can find there. 
Awesome. Well, Chelsea, I want to say thank you for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me on What's the Word. I really enjoyed it, and and I'm definitely definitely uh, wishing you more more success, actually to another stratosphere of success for you in the future. Thank you so much. It was so much fun being on the show with you, and you're awesome. Thank you so much for also being such an incredible supporter for my platform, too. I so appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Chelsea. Well, everyone, uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's show with our guest Chelsea Frost. I definitely, definitely learned a lot more, you know, you know, by in, you know having her on and hearing her story. It's very, very unique. And I hope that you will follow her her show and you know and also interact with her because I can tell you she is one one person who know who gets it. She understands the you know being real and being authentic and also. You know, being being approachable, really, it's it's really amazing. So please follow her on, on Twitter at Chelsea Cross. Well, that is it for today's show. I want to thank my guest, Chelsea Cross, for joining me on What's the Word. Uh, the show that's about finding normal motivates people to succeed in their respective career fields. My name is Shaval John. And also you can uh, listen to this interview and other and other uh, interviews on, on iTunes at and you know, under our iTunes podcast, and then type in my name, Shaval John, and you will find the show to download also. And also be real and be independent. Have a great weekend. And I leave you now with, uh, with, with Alone by Michelle Anderson. Have a great weekend, everyone. Yeah.
Voice